Hello and welcome back to Here's What You Could Have Run podcast and Happy New Year. We're now in 2021. Hopefully this year will be a bit more positive and we'll have a few more races actually happening. We had that quite good patch in the middle of 2020 and then it all went a little bit pants towards the end. I've just come out of Christmas. We're in tier four, which to be fair isn't far off lockdown. And then uh, early January, Boris has decided we need to have a bit more control so he's now yep nice reference to blue there if anyone appreciates a bad late 90s early noughties music uh coming up we've got Stuart and spencer back again to talk about the arc of attrition uh Stuart was due to run the 50 later this month and spencer's done the 100 twice so, so it's good to get the comedy duo back on again to talk about the race. Right, with me now is Stuart and Spencer, the dream team of uh, Reformed again to come back on. I think this is Spencer's fourth time and Stuart's third time. So welcome back, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You need more people, I think. We do, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're it's usually agreeable, yeah. aren't you? Scraping a barrel with me once, let alone three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on here today to talk about the arc of attrition, which is a 50 or 100 mile race. And we did mention it a little bit during the recap, but obviously people might not have heard that. So what is the arc of attrition? Where is it? And what's the good about it? Who wants to go first? Go on, Spence, you've run it. So it's... Um... A race at the end of January, um, so it's a winter race. As you say, it's 50 or 100 miles. Um, the, the 100 start is from, I should know this, Coverack, um, which is sort of like South Cornwall. <clears throat> and it goes round uh, past Land's End, uh, past Minack Theatre, up to Porth Levin. Um, obviously, in January... Um, You've got the uh, the cold, uh, the the wet weather, and you've also got the Atlantic, which mm. is pretty much on your left for most of the route, um, and that can have its own uh, fun with you. Um, the fifty starts at uh, Minack Theatre, and that obviously then goes up to the the same finish at Porth Levin. Um, that starts. Sorry. No, I was going to say, what, what, what possesses the race organisers to put this on in January and not sort of June or August or a nice time of the year? I think uh, Fergie, that, who's one of the race, there's three race directors, uh, Fergie, uh, Jane Stevens, and the other guy, I, I don't know his name, unfortunately. Andy, is it? <clears throat> yeah, possibly. But Fergie seems to uh, revel in the fact that it's tough, that it's, mm. it's in winter, it's a tough route, uh, with the with the weather and the and the, what that does to the to the footpath, um, and the fact that it has quite a, a high uh, DNF rate, um, I, I think that's why he he likes mm. to keep it at the time it is to have to, the fact that it is hard. He wants it to stay like that. Okay, so there's not like centurion events where they try and make it achievable for people. Yeah, I mean. Th- th- it, 
the hundred's got a thirty-six hour cutoff, so you know it, it, it's they obviously make it so it's doable, um, but they want to keep it at that time of year to to keep the the harshness of it. Okay. I, I think. And the Centurion one's about thirty hours, aren't they normally for a hundred? So. Uh, thirty, yeah, thirty for the two downs, twenty-eight for the other two. Is it less for tenth for half? Is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. <clears throat> oh, well, there you go. I've got a target now. Cool. And the uh, the fifty then is effectively the second half of the hundred, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the cut off for that normally? Fifteen. I think it's either fifteen or fifteen and a half. So again, that's still yeah, that's still a lot for a fifty, which shows it. So. And for anyone that's not been down to call, I've only run a tiny bit of the southwest coast <clears> first. <throat> What's it like running it? Is it nice and flat around the coast? And nicely sheltered with lots of uh, huts to dive in? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've only witnessed uh, sideways hail um, once in my life, and that was on the southwest coast path, um, where it was actually hurting my face and my legs. It was blowing <laughs> that hard. Um <clears throat> But yeah, the southwest coast path is, I mean, it, it's its a great route, um, but it's a tough route because the terrain is its not like anything you can really compare with. You could you could say the elevation is comparable to, say, the Wendover 100. I think it's 18,000 foot and Wendover 100 is 20,000 foot. But it's, it's nothing like you've ever experienced in the, the steps that go up and down out of each cove are, are so steep and, you know, these aren't nice steps. These are steps with the wooden slats missing and, and the metal spikes that was holding the wooden slat is now just left exposed. Um, nice. And you're starting at 12 o'clock lunchtime. So you've got five hours of light and then you're doing 12 hours of dark up and down these paths, over boulders, through boulder fields, cross beaches. You know, it's, it's you can't practice it unless you go there and just, do the route over and over again which is, I think gives it its uniqueness yeah i mean you, you've run it twice now is that right yeah i i did 70 miles of it in 2019 so 70. i went back so what was it yeah it's more than 70 don't undersell yourself <laughs> well maybe it was 75 i don't think it was much more than if 70. you make it 75 it means like it should have finished really, so, you know yeah, don't. Well, he, yeah, can't, don't. he doesn't know exactly because he got the ump on the way home and deleted it off of his driver. <laughs> <laughs> and we regretted yeah, it when we got home. Yeah, I had to put it on manually, so I had to sort of guess it. <laughs> and were you timed out or gave up or broke your leg or fell in the sea? What <clears> happened? I got attacked by a shark. Yeah, um, there you go. The, uh, there was a checkpoint or there was a, uh, a cutoff point which I'd forgotten about, um, which is called Pendine Lighthouse. I think that's 60 odd miles. Um, and the cutoff is nine o'clock in the morning. And I got through there, at, I got there at 10 to nine. Um, so I was a bit sort of, it just threw me really that I didn't realise I'd forgotten about the cutoff. And when I did get to the cutoff, I was so close to it. I sort of, once I'd left it, started doing sums in my head and working out where I had still had to get to and, the time I had to get there and it all sort of came to a point where I thought you know I'm I'm just gonna 
I'm going to give up now rather than this long struggle to land's end where I'm probably going to get timed out. So that was my, my rationale for, for dropping where I did. And um, Stuart, you were crewing for that one, were you? Yeah. First, well, I've crewed in for both of them. Five. The, 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 the thing where, where Spence dropped on the first year, uh, first time he'd done it, was it was in the middle of nowhere. It, it was a crew point, but it was a crew point that you had to walk about a, a mile or so to. And uh, I just got the text off him saying, I'm done. So he had to walk it. He had to walk it back to the road for me to try and find him. Um, he actually got picked up by Nikki Griffin, who was the kind of support van, and she just—I think she nearly ran him over on a single track road. <laughs> so I felt sorry for him and picked him up. Phoned me and said, "I've just picked up some vagrant in the middle of Cornwall." Um, so obviously, when I met him there, but yeah, where where he did drop was it's. It's in the middle of nowhere. He didn't have a chance to talk it out of him, and he'd already dropped by the time you saw him. Thing is that well, having crew, as you probably know, I've crewed Spence a few times and things, and mm. you can't talk him out. If he's if he's going to drop, he'll drop. And uh, yeah, once his once his mind was made up, it wasn't just me. There was there was another girl that came down as well, uh, Jane Carter. She she cut. We kind of did a bit of a relay so through the night. So we could try and get a little bit of rest. She did one, and then we kind of bunny hopped to get a bit of rest. So we were in, yeah, we were waiting for him at this crew point, and got the got I got the text from him and said he said I'm done. Um, and as much as we sat in the car, and we were, I think we may have said to each other, we're going to try and talk him out. To him. I said, Look, you're not going to talk him out of it. He's once he's gone, he's gone. And yeah, it was his decision. So um, he just sulked all the way home, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh no sorry you slept all the way home yeah damn right <laughs> I bet <he> did. <laughs> so um crewing is not something we've spoken about much before so two questions why and what is crewing then well for me uh, uh well, well crew crew to begin with you'll get you're there as their support um you know you, you you've got the uh, official aid stations which are the the big comfy places where runners as, as you well know get really comfy in and probably lose a load yeah. of time they don't want to and then you'll have they'll they'll give you a list of i know 10 10 12 14 crew points that you can get to um some of them are quite hairy to get to um <clears throat> but yeah the ideal scenario is you meet your runner there and you, you save them a lot of time that they don't get too comfy in the in the proper crew, aid stations, if you like, where it's nice and warm and the archangels are, are looking after you um, and you tend to not want to leave too, too soon. I hope you're having a proper crew, you don't, you barely use them then and you kind of, yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's the theory. I think, I think the first year Spence did still use the, the main station, the main plot. You've got to go in them, I think, just to be tagged or yeah. for your tracker, etc. <clears throat> so he did use them as well. But, you know, he Spencer did me a list of places he wanted me to meet him. I made sure I was there, made sure whatever he wanted was pretty much ready. And then just kind of make sure he doesn't get too comfy in a seat, really. Mm. Um, you know, that was the first year. The first year, it was, it was the first time I'd been down there myself. And obviously I didn't experience the, the route as such. You know, the roads are quite... The roads are really narrow as well, 
just to get to the crew points. But um, you know, you, you're going into little coves of, if you like, fishing, you know, what I would call fishing villages, really. Mm. And they're coming off of this co the coastal path into these coves. They'll meet you, then they're straight back up onto the coastal path. <clears throat> so, yeah, you just, you know, and, uh, the second question, really, I just really enjoy crewing. Um, just something I like, enjoy doing, really. I kind yeah. of, you kind of experience the race yourself a bit, you know. Hence, you know, I signed up to do the 50 this year, which has obviously now been cancelled. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much in the mindset as well, if there's a 50 and a 100, I'll do the 50 first. And if I don't die and I like it, I'll sign <laughs> up for the 100. So, I was um, going to say, why do you go for the 50? For that exact reason. Yeah. You know, and it's the same when I've done, um, you know, I've done South Downs 100, did the 50 first, and I thought, I really like this. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, that is a good event. So I did the so I did the fifty first, then the hundred, um, and it's it's just a beautiful part of the country down there as well. It, but it, as Spencer's already said, the weather down there is, and I didn't even run the the high bits. But even when you're in the coves, it's when it starts raining down there, it is it it, it gets old of you, and it's it's right into the ocean, aren't you? I suppose. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so, like some of the crew points, if you haven't got your if you haven't got your wits about you, you've got the car park a little bit of a fence maybe if you're lucky and then you're in the sea uh, is you know you, you, it's that close down there but it is it's beautiful it's, it's a beautiful part of the world fence has wandered off i was going to ask you what navigation's like oh he's still there he's just honest yeah what's navigation like because people have done something like say south downs you've got a nice march route it's quite easy and people might think walking along the coast is even easier because you keep the water on one side and don't get wet feet yeah, so it's not marked like, uh, say, a Centurion race where there's tape and arrows. Um, you do have mark markers for the coast path, a um, bit like any sort of path or, or national trail. But, of course, they're, they're few and far between. Mm. Um, and there's also what catches people out is where you get near a cove you might want to go around the cove but the the arrows are pointing into the cove so if you go down instead of around you end up going down to a cove and then you're, you're stuck you have to come back on yourself so um the two years I, i've done it i've uh, used a gpx on my watch okay. and and to be honest with you it's been pretty sound it's, it's been quite straightforward um there are the odd occasion where you might just take a little turn, but if you keep an eye on your watch, you, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I know a few people that um, there's a quite a, a famous <clears throat> uh, ultra runner who makes lots of videos and he was in front of me and he's done this race quite a few times, a lot faster than me. And he was in front of me and, the next thing I knew, he was behind me. So even the seasoned pros, you know, if you're not if you're not you concentrating, yeah, you get it wrong. Yeah. They, so, they, it, sorry, so, I was going to say, did they put a couple of diversions in second time? Did it well? Yeah. So the coast path being very close to to cliff edges, or or if it's overwalked, or it's just you know needs repair, they'll close certain parts and then put a diversion in. So one year's GPX you know, might not, might not be the same as the mm. next year's. But there's a guy called Colin Bave, who is a local, I think, 
and he spends his life on it and he, every year he makes a new one um and it's the one i used when i finished the race and it was it was bang on it was good as gold okay and for technical what what are you using that on as a hint for anyone so the uh last year's race so that when i completed it i used i just got the phoenix 6 pro um and that lasted me the whole race oh, wow. so that was 34 hours um with everything on i mean if i'd have tweaked it it would have lasted longer but i think it, it ended up on five percent power by the time i'd finished that's not bad though is it yeah because i've got the yeah. five and it yeah it's it's when it was about 18 it's now about 14 hours i think so long ultras have to keep charging and it's just one more thing to hassle and worry about isn't it that's it that's why i swapped to the to the six Okay, and then being in a sort of a January race, how do you train with it? Because presumably the kind of the months ahead is Christmas, isn't it? Most people are getting slow and fat and maybe feel quite good with themselves if they've got out to the Christmas Day park run. And you're presumably still trying to do big miles and obviously Stuart up until what a couple of days ago it got cancelled, you were presumably were trying to get the miles in and perhaps run with the pack and get the last bit yeah, of prep I was, in. I was pretty I was pretty much in the a very good set really i'd um i had a weekend a long weekend planned to go and recce 30 miles of the route as well mm. that um we were, i was supposed to be driving down there on the friday and they put us in tier four on the thursday <laughs> so obviously that knocked that on the head and i kind of obviously me and spence run pretty much most weekends together we were kind of discussing, you know, it was inevitable it wasn't going to go ahead, really, the way things were going. But I carried on training, certainly for the 50. And then, obviously, it's been cancelled, but um, I'm, just, I'm just carrying on, really. Not Obviously, my, my plan has changed as such that I'm just starting early for the Thames Bar 100 now. <laughs> so, and the miles are nice and early. Yeah. Cool. So in terms of, yeah, had it gone ahead, you think you're in a good shape for it and what you'd have tapered down probably in a couple of weeks' time and yeah, yeah, yeah. gone for it. So in terms of logistics and stuff then, um, how, well, how do you get to the start, etc. and how do you normally travel down to people? It's a long drive, isn't it, from anywhere, really? So what was your plan? Well, it's a long, well, it's only going getting down there. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, long, it's a long old way down there, especially because it's, most of the journey is A roads as well, I think, mm. if I remember rightly. But certain, both, both years we've gone down there uh, the Thursday night. Spence has then been able to um, get kit checked and everything on the Thursday night. And then we've just um, we've been in an Airbnb, so we've like, just grabbed some grub the night before. Spence sorted himself out. And um, that's been about it, really. I, I, I briefly mentioned it to you before. The first year we went down there, we just missed the really bad snow. Uh, we went across Bodmin Moor, and it it was getting really bad. And that was we we were we were quite early. We left really early, so this was like about I want to say one two o'clock in the afternoon. It was still mm. light, um, and then the snow really hit bad and. Yeah, we, we we managed to get to the to the check um, to the finish where they do the um, kit checks and everything, and they were getting reports of people stuck on Bodmin Moor. There's um, yeah, there's a quite a famous pub up there called the Jamaica Inn, I think, and they they were putting runners up overnight, which kind of 
I don't think it delayed it the next morning. It certainly was a bit of a rush for people the next morning. No, but it was. it's not what you want if you trained all winter for a race, is it, to then have that go wrong on the way But the thing is, they got... I think, didn't you speak to someone, Spencer? They don't actually get much snow down there anyway, but when they do, because yeah. it's coastal, mm. it goes by the morning anyway. I so the, the worst part was us getting to our to our location. Once we got over the moors and stuff like that, going into Cornwall, yeah, it was slushy and it was icy, but we managed to drive through it. There was a few people stuck, but I think that was down to their driving ability rather than the weather. And if you were going down on your own to run it on your own, presumably you leave your car at the start, how do you get back from the end, assuming you finish it? Is there anything um, laid on, or is that down to you to hitchhike back? Well, to be fair, I'm not sure for the 50, because normally, I think, is it the same for the 100, you know, Spence? They, they, bust, they bust everyone to the start. Yeah, the, the 100, um, you, you, you turn up, I think it's about 10, and then you get bussed from the finish at Porth Lever into the start in Coverack. So it's about an hour drive across, bad, across yeah. Cornwall. Um, and then it starts at midday, bang on 12 o'clock. But you got to get, I think you got, you end up at the finish. So, you know, that's that's fine for, for going home. Yeah, I suppose that, that's mentally, I suppose, helped as well, isn't it? Your car and everything's at the finish. So, yeah, every step you take, you're getting closer, aren't you? Exactly. I've a few races where my transport plans haven't quite worked out and I've spent several hours wondering how we're going to get back from Oxford and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not always the most organised. Amazing the amount of people as well that do do ultras and they don't make the plan and they get mm. to the end and think, shit, how am I getting home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, in both cases, I've had lifts sorted and they've either yeah, not been able to come and crew me or they've dropped due to a suspected kidney failure, which was a good one. So yeah, can't, <laughs> can't hold that against them, I guess. So um, I presume on this race you don't need a crew, it's just something you thought would be useful. <clears throat> I actually encourage it. Okay. On the, on the yeah, if you when you look on their website for their instructions and stuff like that, they, they do encourage you to use your own crew. Oh, that's good though. Um they've got um they have their archangels that they run that some of the I can't, where's the one where's that aid station, Spencer? Where they run you up the hill. Do you remember? That's that's the first one. It begins with P as well. Put Porth Kerno, something like that. Yeah. But the, yeah, so you've got archangels. They they'll meet you in a certain location because you're going through the high street where there's quite a bit of traffic. Yeah. They run the runners back and forward. <laughs> quite a lot. Um, so they're getting their steps up uh, and they're busy and they they are they are spot on really. They're like uh, and then they they have their archangels in the in their own age in their in the in the big age stations as well like. Lands End and, and places like that. Oh, that's cool. Then. And for the last time you did the 100 then, did you have a goal time on that or were you just trying to get further than the year before? <clears throat> so um, the year before when I'm, I got to the cut-off at Pendine at 10 to 9, um, <clears throat> it didn't le really leave much because one of the hardest sections is from Pendine to Lands End because some of the path just turns into boulders. Um, I know they have a, a grading scale for bouldering. So this has got, a, I definitely think this was a one. Um, and the, there's, there's no path. It's just, it's across rocks. So I knew, I knew that was the hardest bit to come. So I knew for the, for the second time, the second attempt, I'd have to get to Pendine with 
two hours spare to give me a nice buffer. Um, and so the object was penned in before seven. Right. And I think I got there um, just after seven, maybe half seven. So I was, I was, although not quite what I wanted, I, you know, that hour and a half I knew was plenty of time mm. to then uh, get to Land's End. Because the, the rule of thumb with it is if you get to Land's End, you'll finish it. Um, and I think Land's End is 70-odd miles, 70-something miles into the race. Um, but just going back to the checkpoints, there, there's actually only four checkpoints on the route. Um, oh, Kerno, yeah. Porth Kernow, uh, Penzance, Land's End. Um, and there's one other. Where's the other one? In the rugby club. Uh, so, sorry, so, St Ives. Yeah, yeah. So they're the four main aid stations. And the, the trouble with the aid stations is they're all indoors and they're all warm. There's lots of seats <laughs> and they have menus. You can order cheese on toast, pizza. It, it's, yeah, it's, and to be honest with you, I think Fergie does it on purpose because he wants people to sit down, get comfy, just so it ruins their race because they end yeah. up spending too much time being pampered. Um. So this year, the plan was to not use, not go into a checkpoint um, at all. Um, so I got the crew to meet me at sort of every, it, it, the plan was about every 20 miles. And we would swap, um, I'd have two bladders and I would just literally swap the bladder, swap a food bag, sort out myself and then keep going. The idea was to keep the, uh, keep moving as much as possible to keep my buffer when I got to to the pending uh, um, cutoff, and and that worked because it got me there quicker than the previous year. So that was my plan, and and it and it worked. And then it was just a, a slog to the end. Um, and what time so did you finish in? I think it was just over thirty four hours. Oh, so you're still well under than if it was thirty six. Yeah, the the last. There was a crew point at 91, um, and I, I couldn't really run properly anymore. I was just sort of shuffling a bit. And the last, I think it was three or four cones that I had to go in and out of. I think the last one I had to go down backwards because my quads were so ruined. Um, and going down steep steps in the dark, in the pissing rain, um, backwards is, I mean, that's a whole new sport in itself. Um, so the, the last nine more, 10 miles, whatever it was, were, were probably the longest 10 miles of my life, but yeah, I obviously think, still. I think, I actually think the second year you did it as well, the weather during the day was a lot better than the first year. It was, oh, just, it was lovely. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, you got lucky with it, but it was that last five miles when I saw you at the pub at the bottom of the hill. I yeah. said, you've got some really crap weather coming in a minute. And it was bad. <laughs> it, honestly. Nothing like yeah. rough, is there? I saw some, um, it, there's, um, it, it was like a crew point. Um, I, I can't remember what it was, but there's a pub there. And there was, um, I popped into the pub because uh, James Elson and Drew Sheffield were in there, cent the Centurion guys. Mm. And Drew was looking at his phone and he said, where's Spence? Because they've got some real horrible weather coming in in a minute. <laughs> And honestly, the, it was shocking. Honestly. So the, the, it was only four miles, but what was that spent? Probably about, about an hour because of the what you had to climb probably, up. That was probably it was more than an hour. That was 
That took forever. <laughs> I ended up putting a plastic poncho on because it was raining <laughs> that hard. I, if, and I, I was still at the finish with the other. The, the second time Spence did it, there was three of us that crewed. He had a bit of a dream team. I, I got I got shared around with with another runner, <laughs> and um, but yeah, waiting at the finish and the weather was just honestly, I could only describe it as biblical. I've never seen rain like it. Oh, um, nice. We probably haven't really sold the race very well, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was yeah, it was just that last four or five hours before the cutoff it just started absolutely tipping it and it just didn't stop and in terms of rules and stuff and as your crew and i presume you were literally crewing with the crew points and nothing else you couldn't run with him up the hills or anything no, no there's no paces um i don't know you you you'd know better spence with the um with the, the terrain could you really have it could you even have paces out there there's some points where it's literally it, you're, you're lucky to get one person sort of uh, through a gap. So, you know, yeah, really, pay, I think it would probably be too many people because um, you're just going to be like a, sometimes just in a chain, a, a line of people. So whether it would be beneficial or not, I don't know. I, I think the best thing for that race is your own crew because you can, you know, <clears throat> keep moving um, by not using their their checkpoints and use your crew um, is better than, than possibly having a pacer. I actually teamed up with a, a lady I met at Wendover Woods 50 in, in November. She was also doing ARC and we bumped into each other at about 90 miles and we pretty much ran to the finish I together. So, then, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you said it earlier about wearing a, like a full-on poncho. Is there kind of much of a mandatory kit that's different to Centurion or is it is it sort of event they trust you to be a grown-up and to look after yourself to some extent no the hundred and I think the same for for the 50 um the kit list is is long um you know two pairs of gloves um waterproof trousers um body bag body bag <laughs> um, well, I, well, it's proper name. Is it a bivy bag? I think they call it. We call it a body bag. Yeah, I got one um, for one of mine. It's yeah, it's like a two head torches, two sets of batteries, um, a red flashing light on your backpack. Because to be honest with you, if you get stuck out of there, um, you know you're going to be on your own for a bit before anyone can come help you. And if you, all jokes aside, you have to go for a few sections of the old tin mines. And if you if you wander off the path, you can fall down a mine shaft. Um, so you know you need to be able to get yourself warm and dry in case that happens. And that's oh, their, their safety briefing is probably the longest um, you'll ever see. But you know it's it is for your safety, for your health and safety. So um, yeah, that that's it. Sounds like a lot of overkill, but. Yeah, you get stuck out there somewhere. You you need to be able to keep dry and keep warm. Excellent. No, it certainly sounds challenging, shall we say? I'm not sure you sold it to me just yet. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> we sold it to you. <laughs> Maybe you have to be there if you crew, you end up getting sucked into the next year, do you? Yeah, I like it. it's, it's, it's just be it's beautiful down there. Um, and, yeah, the, 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 weather, the, the weather doesn't look after you, though. No, I thought they were five, I watched Stephen Cousins film my run video of it, and that's what got me into it. I saw that and I thought, yeah, that looks fun. Yeah. 
as fun as it can be. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's. You'll you'll know from Lakeland Hundreds. You know, there are certain races in certain areas that just the terrain and the tr- and the weather can really just throw you a massive curveball. So, you know, it's no different to Lake. I mean, Lakeland Hundred has got a massive cut off as well. I think, isn't it? Yeah, well, thankfully, <laughs> I think it. It might have been nearly forty. I think because yeah. I was thirty-seven-ish, I think, possibly even longer, and I wasn't the last. So yeah, and that's yeah, that was certainly a fun experience. <laughs> so if you were giving tips for future runners, then for the arc, assuming it's back next year, what would they be from either crewing or running it? Uh, I think from a running point of view. Um, I wouldn't say you have to go and wreck it because it's a bloody long way to, mm. you know, just to go and run 15, 20 miles. But if you can wreck it, wreck it, because you'll get to appreciate some of the terrain and maybe try and replicate that in your own backyard if you can. Um, definitely have a down crew. the rockery around the pond, yeah. That's it. <laughs> you got it. Um, definitely have crew because I think you can shave time off by, by having a crew um, and just sort of you know, practice. One of the things I did uh, or, or my coach um, always put on my training plans was running in full kit. So any kit that I'd have to carry for the race on some of my long runs, I would be doing with that kit because the weight, you know, uh, all that extra mandatory kit just adds weight. So it's just getting used to it um, and practicing in it. So, yeah. I think they're the, probably the best things to, to do for it. Excellent. And if anyone gets roped into crewing, then any tips for people that are crewing? Other than don't and find a better way to spend your weekend? <laughs> no, no. It's, um, it probably sounds obvious, but when when the runners um, do get their kit checked, they get given a list of all of the actual proper crew points and the crew points that you can go to. So I'd make sure... Make sure your runner's happy. You're happy that you've been told where your runner wants you, and you, the postcodes are pretty much spot on as well. And, and it might sound obvious, but make sure all those postcodes are already in. Whether you use Google Maps, Waze, whatever it is, because you'll go through a lot of areas there where they're dead spots. Okay. And if you if you haven't got the if you haven't got the postcode, say if you go to the first crew point, think right where am I going next? Go to Plummet Inn. You might not have a phone reception for two or three miles. So you'll be wasting, you'll be wasting <laughs> 15, 20 minutes just to get to the next, before you can even leave for the next crew point. Because there are quite a few dead spots with the, um, with three yeah, I guess you are quite remote, aren't you, down there? So. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, as I say, I, I, lo- I love the crewing thing and it's a, it's lovely down there. So just make sure you've got everything planned Um postcode wise or stops wise and uh, the, the, the first the first year I did Spence if you get somewhere and you think I may have gone wrong here probably chances are you need to turn around because Spence mentioned the tin mines I got to a point where I went across the sign that said warning uh, collapsed mines and I thought <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have come this way so uh, yeah I managed to turn around which, uh, that was fun but yeah it's it's good fun Brilliant. And in terms of that race, have you been deferred to next year, refunded? What have they done for? No, I haven't. Well, I haven't had. I've had the email um, saying obviously it's been cancelled. Only from the 
the Facebook page saying we'll mm. be, you know, we'll be safe for a spot next year. So my plan yeah, will be okay. next year. I'm right. not emailing them. Yeah, you know, this. I think they've got enough to worry about at the moment. Yeah, they probably are. Me, me, me emailing from Pinky Promise. I've got my spot for next year, please. Yeah, I'll just wait. But yeah, from, from what they've already said, it'll be carried over till next year anyway. So, cool. Thank you. And if people want to follow either of you, know you're both active on Twitter. So just remind us what your Twitter names are. Um, I'm the underscore running underscore pug right. on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm less creative. I'm just at S Milberry. There you go. With a, with a giraffe as his so picture. With a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers. You got to mention it. Just, you know it winds him up. You've got to mention it. It's <laughs> a giraffe, you know. Brilliant. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on. And you've got, uh, so you're doing the 10th path then this year. This year. And what's, planned, your, yeah. Yeah, what's your next race then, Spencer? Thames Path. Also. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, to, I decided to do the slam again or attempt. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot you're doing that. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So, fingers crossed that goes ahead. Yeah, I mean, you'd hope, wouldn't you, by kind of late May, early May, mid May. When is it? Early ish May. Yeah. yeah, you'd hope it'd be all right. We shall find out. Brilliant. Well, thank you for coming on. And yeah. Best of luck, and I'll probably see you at the 10th Carson. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for coming back on, guys. And that's certainly a slightly unusual race. It's not one that is that much written about or spoken about, so it's quite good to get a bit of publicity out there for it. It, it certainly sounds interesting. It does sound a bit of a hard way beginning of January if you're not uh, quite in the best of shape to see what happens with that in future years. Uh, elsewhere in running I've seen races now being cancelled right up to kind of mid-March time so yeah I think we're kind of looking April onwards we might actually be getting races happening but much before that I think is uh, very debatable if there's any races you'd like to see featured then let me know uh, still need to do the Berlin one as soon as I pull my finger out and kind of should get Matt lined up to do that one and anyone that's done New York as well that'll be good the New York Marathon. So if that's you, uh, drop us a line. Until next time, stay safe, Phil. Go on, Phil. Will you stay safe? Game over.